It's Randy and it's Dave and it's a podcast. They talk and stuff. Randy says stuff and Dave says stuff. It's a podcast. Just listen, okay? Hi, and welcome to the Randy and Dave podcast for August 18th, 2019. I'm Randy. And I'm wondering why it matters, the date, really, because it's kind of like, well, it's like seven weeks after the last podcast. So well, you could just say like podcast number or just don't give the specific date. Just mention the general season we're in. Well, if I give them the date, then they know the general season we're in. I mean, the general the general season we're in is it's ridiculously hot outside, which means it's summer and it's L.A. So thank you very much. It's kind of comfortable where I am. It's hmm. too hot. Mm-hmm. I was in Santa Barbara today. It was beautiful. We Really, I need to live in Santa Barbara. There are other places that have temperatures that are similar, just so you know. Yeah, but Santa Barbara is really nice. Yeah. Yeah. So my kid is uh, living there now. So I have one kid living in New York now and one kid living in uh, Santa Barbara. So that's uh, I'm what they call an empty nester now yeah that's what they call you yeah yeah so anyway so what's uh so the real reason though that we haven't done a podcast in a long time really has very little to do with me and has more to do with you Mm -hmm. and and your stage activities yes this is correct for those of you that know me um you know that i've had a a flourishing porn career uh, live action porn and uh, in the past six weeks, um, we had a flurry of activity. Um, one, uh, which was uh, an all-male review of. Uh, <laughs> I just don't know where I'm going to go with this. No, I, I don't know. Where, I, I was I was wondering where you were going to go with that. I was hoping something clever would happen. No, David. David didn't. had a stint in a in a production of Tartuffe um, uh, by Moliere. I think his first name was Gary. I think it was Gary Moliere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and also a reading by um, Skippy Shakespeare, um, a little play I like to call uh, Julius Caesar. Julian Caesar. Yeah. So it's been a very uh, artsy summer for Dave. Mm-hmm. But while you were doing that, while you were in your little world of make-believe, mm-hmm. um, China... Uh, uh, China um, devalued its currency. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. The Federal Reserve lowered interest rates. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a bunch of mass shootings. Uh, and John oh, Hickenlooper yes. is no longer running. John Hickenlooper is no longer running for president. So lots has been. You've been missed an awful lot, Dave. I apologize. Had I stayed, you know, in the loop, as it were, maybe Hickenlooper would have stayed in, and and the. Chinese would not have devalued their currency. Um, yes, there's been a lot going on. All of it kind of falls into it's. It's all sort of in line with expectations, like trade wars, stupidity, and things like that. No one. It's all just sort of. Is it possible? Do you think it's possible? I mean, no joke. I mean, but. Do we need to like prioritize and and do certain things as a nation as a people regardless of 
your political affiliation. I mean, we believe there are certain problems. We have we have a healthcare problem. We have mm-hmm. a we have a, a, a you know world economy problem. We have a war problem. We have Higher education a global problem. warming problem. We have mm-hmm. education. I mean, is it? Do you think it's necessary that we prioritize these, or do you think it's possible to attack all of these things simultaneously? Um, well, I think you can prioritize uh, things without necessarily being one follows the other. You can prioritize if we're just talking about United States policy, right, as opposed to the globe, for instance, and its approach to climate change or cleaning up plastic in the ocean or trade policy. Um, you you have to <laughs> do many of those things while prioritizing them. That means one thing, you know, gets... Well, then what then... Uh, so, I mean, there are all so many issues now. I don't know... I don't know if it just seems like there are more issues on the table at the moment. Maybe because we have a... Um, a president and an administration that is so uh, incompetent that it seems like there are more issues that need mm-hmm. dealing with, or is it really we have more issues than ever that need dealing with? Um, I would say that the hornet's nests of issues have been out there. It's just that we have a leader who's decided to poke all of them all the time. Um, yeah, I mean, none of these things really is new. I mean, I mean, but but have but. How often did white separatists get into the news since Timothy McVeigh? You know how uh, how long, how far back do you have to go before you find domestic terrorists being in the news almost every week? Well, I don't think we had really paid attention and labeled them such. But you go back twenty, was it twenty or twenty five years? You had a white supremacist who attacked the Jewish community center out in our city. That's true. Um, and you had the um, white supremacist who attacked the black church during Obama's presidency. And uh, so this isn't new, but I think it is. I wouldn't say we should ignore the fact that it seems to be trending upward. And I think we could certainly link that to people, f- either to people feeling emboldened or just the anger and desperation of those hateful people. They're just feeling like, well, now's the time. Yeah, in fact, we it, just yeah. had we just had the twentieth anniversary, just like last week, of the um, the North Valley Jewish Community Center shooting. That's right, and then they just arrested someone in uh, for threatening a Jewish community center in Ohio. There was a spate of arrests uh, just today or yesterday. By the way, uh, that Jewish community center where I went to camp as a child. Well, okay, so now some of it's starting to make sense. Maybe it wasn't a hate crime. Right. Um, they were just looking for me. Perpetrator, yeah, so. Buford O. Furrow, Jr., oh Aryan Nation. Oh, he was part of the Aryan Nation. Okay, good. And it's James Patrick Reardon threatened to carry out a shooting at the Youngstown Jewish Community Center. So I, I, I think that, like a lot of things, it's just that, you know, People are coming out from under their rocks. Um, you know, ha- handgun violence certainly has been consistent. You know, these AR-15 things, they, they were picking up before Trump. 
Um, but the anger, uh, the anger is is new. I, again, the anger started to come out under Obama. If we're you know if we're talking about some of the the white supremacist, white fear, white whatever racism that Obama seemed to be, you know, he didn't do it, of course, but, you know, his presidency kind of started people um, expressing their um, displeasure. And now they have a president who's like, oh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm the, the, the white sheriff is back. So you all white people get to. All right. But this is, I mean, I, again, not to belittle the, the issue, but, but this can't be the number one issue facing our nation today. Well, it's interesting. So, you know, it kind of puts us in mind of the um, Neil deGrasse Tyson, who, you know, after the double uh, mass shooting, um, sent out a tweet and I have it right in front of me. He said, in the past 48 hours, the U.S. horrifically lost 34 people to mass shootings. On average, across any 48 hours, we also lose 500 to medical errors, 300 to the flu, 250 to suicide, 200 to car accidents, 40 to homicide via handgun. Often our emotions respond more to spectacle than to data or data. Um. So, yeah, I think it's reasonable to say, you know, let's not just respond to these things because they're so high profile, so spectacular. Um, well, I would say, though, that I mean, and I'm a big fan of Neil deGrasse Tyson, but um, I think we should uh, react to something like this in such a way. I mean, I think we're doing everything we can to prevent the flu and car accidents. And medical errors and yes. medical, you know, and medical yes. errors. But I, but I, I, I think this, uh, this um, epidemic of of people dying uh, uh, by some crazy guy's AR fifteen is one hundred percent preventable uh, and and stupid and and makes you feel unsafe. Just you know, walk going to church or going to school, or I mean, I'll I'll tell you honestly, it. I feel I'm very happy that my kids have graduated high school because it it was starting to not feel all that safe sending them there. Well, I mean, not to not to make you feel bad again, but the shootings have been occurring at universities. Too. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Sorry. Well, um, I don't know. In my neighborhood. In my neighborhood, there's uh, it's it's tends to be a little on the right wing side and i it's just i feel like every house in my neighborhood has a gun in it you know and and uh you know and how hard is it to grab your parents gun and then go to school i don't know well i mean and you said they're entirely preventable i don't think we know that because we really haven't tried i would doubt that they're entirely preventable well nothing's entirely preventable but i mean i I keep going back to the the uh, las vegas shooter and the the las vegas shooter shot 500 people in six minutes. Yeah. So, uh, you know, just like I think there was just the other day in the news, there was a knife attack, you know, and where this guy like, stabbed like three people. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, but he didn't stab 500. <laughs> right. Uh, the fact that one guy 
just shooting out of a window uh, can shoot five. Could I mean, he shot five hundred people. Yeah, I mean, certainly, I think Tyson was wrong on that tweet. It was just sort of like a smarty pants who wanted to say, you know, actually, and he was wrong. Yeah, um, because being an a, 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 a astrophysicist isn't you know doesn't make him feel smart enough. Well, no, it's just like, why did he become an astrophysicist? Because he's a smarty pants. Because he's a smarty pants. <laughs> <laughs> but um, in this case, I think it's a reasonable thing to put it in context of the broader problem, right? Mass shootings are terrible, and they get more attention. But every day, this is what he said, or every two days, there are forty people killed by handguns. Right. Every two days, there are 250 people who kill themselves with handguns. Well, I don't know if that's handguns. That number is suicide. But the greatest number of firearms death is by, is suicidal, is by their own hand. Yeah. And so talking about guns in that context and not only responding with these things, because it does sort of disrespect, for instance, the fact that urban communities are plagued by this kind of violence, not every urban community, but you know, we can certainly point to Chicago and many other places, Baltimore, there's just a lot of handgun murder yeah. every single day. So to, to just talk about assault weapons and a ban and AR 15s that pleases the, you know, the, le- well, the you got to Okay. You got to start some, you have to, you have to start somewhere. Okay. And I think a good place to start is to let's get rid of the weapons that allow one guy to shoot 500 people. Yeah, and uh, who's the guy? He Larry Wilmore. Uh, yeah. There was a video out the other day, and he was just, you know, he's on a panel or you know, being interviewed or something like that, and he was saying, you know, nine people dead in 30 seconds in, in Dayton, Ohio, um, and whatever else the timing is, the, the number of people killed in six minutes in Vegas. Um the, he said, we need to stop talking about these things as firearms and call them what they are, weapons of mass destruction. They're yeah. mass, right? Yeah, here and it's, it's an idea. It says that this the Las Vegas shooter fired more than 1,100 rounds of ammunition. 1,100 yeah. rounds. <laughs> yeah. That's nuts. And, you know, and to just say that we're going to, okay, well, let's get rid of bump stocks, you know, like is going to solve the problem. No, 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 no. There's much more to it than that. And but again, this even this, as important as it is, is not the main issue facing our country. What is the main issue facing our country? Uh, uh, Health care. I, I, I mean, right. Who knows? But maybe maybe it is, Randy. Right. Or, or maybe connected to it is the movement that we're starting to acknowledge of domestic terrorism. Which mainly it mainly seems to have so, a source in white supremacy, or white supremacism. Uh, so I, I don't know how you would prioritize. I mean, you could freaking have people go and vote. I kind of feel like maybe the number one issue facing America is Donald Trump, because I well, feel like whatever any of the other issues are, they'll never be dealt with. As long as he's the guy in charge. Well, that that's you know that's Biden's thing, right? That's kind of his campaign. It's like, well, hey, listen, but also, let's just you know what? Though, 
also, it's not just him. It's also, uh, what's his name in the Senate? Um, Mitch McConnell. Because even when Obama was president, it was Mitch that was like, that was like, well, we're just not gonna, we're not, we're not gonna pass anything that this president proposes because we don't like him because mm-hmm. he's black or some other reason. Uh, but he just shut everything down. Well, this is what, and again, so this the the question is coming out. We have so many, see, somewhat high profile, but all, they're all high high profile now, candidates for president, and we're talking about. <laughs> Well, let's get some of these names on the ticket for Senate, right, and take some of those seats if you really need to make change. And, uh, you know, the the question, Hickenlooper's dropping out and he may run for Senate in, in Colorado. And um, then the question also came to, to Beto, who failed the last time, but now he's, well, he's got more support in Texas, more support nationally. And he says, well, uh, no, I think the most important thing is we got to get the president out. And of course, he's running for president, so he has to say that. But it is sort of blind to the fact that president only can do so much. That's really true. And and it's, it's we really need to, um, you know, get people in the Senate that will, that will, again, of either party, as long as, long as I mean, as long as the Republicans aren't like, well, we're just not going to vote for anything. If you elect a, a Democratic president, we'll, we'll just shut everything down. I mean, there's got to be. I, I don't think like uh, Mitt Romney feels that way. I mean, I think, I think Mitt Romney's a decent guy who will who would, you know. Oh God. <laughs> hey, compared gotta, to what we got, if you spell decent, W E A S E L. Um, same with Marco Rubio. I mean, maybe Mitt Romney isn't as bad as Marco Rubio, but I don't think they have, you know, spine and they, they pretend to be the moral side of the Republican party, but you know, half of the time, if you're a weasel, I'm not sure how much I can respect you. Well, I mean, there, there are certain States where a Democrat's simply not going to win. So, uh, if we're going to have a Republican, I'd rather have a halfway decent one than, uh, you know, a Trumpian or, yeah. or like Mitch McConnell. What? Or, uh, or a, a Senator like Mitch McConnell. Wait, you want a Senator? No, I'm like- saying I, I, I'd rather have a, a, um, a Mitt Romney than a Mitch McConnell is what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, of course I get you. you know, the, the guys who sort of speak a little bit, they're not. They're not Trump um, sycophants. Uh, I, I think that, yeah, what can I say? It's like there's so many issues, but there always are. Um, we always think that the thing that we're dealing with right now is the most and the craziest, more so now than ever, because everything that does happen is amped up. And then in a week, we're not even talking about it. Yeah. And sometimes that's good. Because it is some bullshit thing that's been churned up on social media. And then sometimes it's sad, meaning, you know, we're not talking about the deaths in El Paso or Dayton anymore because that's already a whole freaking week ago. Yeah, and when when, uh, El Paso and Dayton came up, people stopped even talking about the garlic festival here in... uh, Exactly. Here, which had happened the weekend previous. And was it a year ago that there was the the mass murder in uh, Thousand Oaks? Uh, oh yeah, that's right. 
right after the fires. I yeah. Mean, these Not even are a year. So common. But again, yes, they're common and I'm in more frequent than ever. The data show that. But again, handgun violence and suicides are also there. And we can't just wait to be churned up for, to action by these grotesque news things that, that hit the news. It's like, well, the problem is constant. Well, yeah. So what, what is the agenda? Who sets the agenda? What is the agenda? And how do we, how do we get so everybody's on the same page? Because right now it feels like, uh, you know, like a bunch of uh, puppy dogs in a tennis ball factory. You know, it's just like all over the place. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's maybe when Biden says, look, yes, these are all issues. These are all problems. But the the way to solve them is to get Donald Trump out of office. That's at least that's the first step. It's also he's, smart. I'm not sure he's wrong. Well, it's also smart because you don't know. That's the one unifying thing for many or most people who will vote in inevitably for the Democrat. It's just the guy who's currently in office. Well, plus uh, um, it's three states, really, or four states. It's Pennsylvania, Michigan. Ohio and Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. And these are states that Trump just squeaked by. And these are states that like Biden. Yeah. I mean, I, I certainly, whatever I think about Biden, I can't argue the fact that he has an appeal. He appeals to blue collar. You know, they he used to kind of be perceived as blue collar. I'm not sure how. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, boy, because he took he the train to work. Yeah, exactly. I ride Amtrak, so I'm a blue-collar guy. Yeah. Uh, so uh, when it comes to that kind of, um, you know, strategizing, I can't second-guess it, even if, you know, I think Joe is not the most satisfying candidate that's out there. I'm not going to resist <laughs> someone who would play well in the, you know, the the presidential election. Uh, but I do think that in general Democrats have to get away from, if we're talking about, you know, I think we can't ignore that immigration is an important issue. It's not important because of the crisis that is both real and ginned up at the border. It's important because it's been important for decades to, to solve for this problem. The people who are here the the people who do claim asylum and they're in a system that is backed up you know over a year the the way uh, the way people get into this country sometimes by claiming asylum and being released the catch and release thing i think we shouldn't have a system that works that way you know and if we fixed immigration which meant figuring out what we're going to do with the children of immigrants figuring out what we're going to do with the however many million uh, illegal immigrants in the country right now and figuring out what we're going to do with the backlog of adjudication for people who are claiming asylum uh, so that we're not splitting up families, we're not keeping children or adults in detention for longer than a sp specific amount of time, and then we process them. <laughs> if they have a legitimate claim in three months, then they get to be in this country. And if they don't have a legitimate claim in three months, then they get deported. And that just, we need to put the resources in to make that happen. Sorry. 
silk pucks. I, you know, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a problem, but we have to, you know, we, that we have to come up with a, a better solution for, because the solution we have now is not a good solution. Right, and if we're talking about, so some things get prioritized because they're constantly being, you know, rubbed raw, and immigration is one of them, and firearms violence is one of them, and so those will be unavoidable. Um, to to have some plan to respond to it. Um, and then I think the other thing is going to be, you know, people <laughs> work, right? Um, employment and the ability to be, you know, stay above the poverty line. You know, you have people who have all these jobs, but they're barely scraping by. I think that this kind of income gap that's dangerous for us too you know how about the national debt well it's a priority but it's always been something that you know people scream about i don't think we should ignore it but i wouldn't put it at a priority no i wouldn't well i mean so uh obama left office in what 2012 16 16 all right well here in I'm looking at a at a a graphic here. Two thousand all right, so let's say ten years ago, two thousand nine, mm-hmm. the national debt was ten trillion dollars. Now it's twenty two trillion. Well you should also have a number for what it was when he left office in two thousand sixteen, I'd like to know. Uh it was uh nineteen. The national debt went from nine trillion to nineteen trillion. Is that correct? Wait, from from two thousand nine. What was it? Well, yeah, two thousand nine. It was about ten trillion. Okay. Now it's twenty two trillion. So you're saying that when Obama left office, the national debt was nineteen trillion. Uh, when Obama left office, it was eighteen trillion. Okay. So. He, he it increased essentially a trillion every year, and yeah. then since then it's been up. It's gone up a little over a trillion or closer. But to you know, it's like when we start paying the, the the amount of service on the on the debt at some point is going to become the entire budget. Well, I mean, you address that. By not doing stupid things, right? You can't add a trillion dollars or more through tax cuts that that the Republicans passed. I don't think either party takes that seriously because they're going to have priorities that cost money and no one's going to want to say, oh, then what has to get cut because of that? I mean, it's Um, not even – it used to be that – remember that whole thing about the the, the Tea Party and they were all about uh, fiscal responsibility? mm Mm-hmm. Where are those guys? What happened to them? They're gone. You never hear well, about them anymore. They were about fiscal responsibility for black presidents. Is what they were about. Yeah, I think like, that's probably true. Obamacare was a problem because it was Obamacare. If you know what I mean. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna do something to demonstrate here. You ready? Okay. Okay. Between when I say start and stop. The national debt will have gone up a hundred thousand dollars. Start. Stop. 
That was a hundred grand right there. <laughs> I wonder if that's bad. The debt debt per taxpayer is one hundred and eighty-two thousand dollars. That's not so bad. <laughs> Pretty bad. Well, oh, and then there's mortgage. Wow, this is this is maybe the most depressing website of all time. USDebtClock.com. And oh, yeah, it shows that thing that's just ticking away. Yeah, and it shows uh well actually it shows federal US federal tax revenue and it's going up. Uh income oh, tax revenue and that's going up. But like it shows it shows um household assets and it shows uh, uh credit card debt and all that and it's pretty bad. <laughs> So why is the is the tax revenue going up just because taxes are coming in or is that representing like I don't know what that is because eventually that gets paid out, right? Um I don't know. I guess it's uh, just this is the US tax tax revenue clock and it's uh but I think it it's not going quite as fast as the uh as the debt <laughs> clock. Probably not. I mean, because yeah. So today, it's we're up to three point four trillion dollars in tax revenue, but our national debt is twenty two trillion. So, hmm. But not that we have to pay off the national debt in one year. But I don't know. I just feel like you know the Soviet Union basically failed because of debt, and. The difference between the Soviet Union failing and the United States failing is that the United States is we're we're the ones that have like a constitution and a bill of rights and 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 all that and if debt destroys uh the the country then all those freedoms that the country is there to protect our government is there to protect um goes away. Yeah, but Someone who believes in the military will say, yeah, but if you don't have a strong military with all the top, you know, weapon systems and all of that, well, then your country goes away, too. Well, I think your the people que- don't I guess have the a question is, education, you know, the question is, what is the biggest threat to the United States? Is it a foreign adversary or is it uh, our own debt? <laughs> What's yeah, a, what's a that, bigger what's a bigger threat? That's that's the argument. I I, I don't know. I mean, I, I certainly think in general we like it's easier for us to demonize the outside, and so we don't pay attention to what's going on inside. Which is the the case for uh, how we spend money. It's the case for how we ignore terrorist threats inside, which have been the cause of most of our death by terrorist act um, in this country. It's just easier if it's outsiders um, yeah. to blame. What do you so, think about uh, uh, Trump um, getting Netanyahu to uninvite people from coming to Israel? Well, I've never been a Netanyahu fan and this just is more of, I mean, it's just like, boy, now he's, he's just nothing but a, a desperate Desperate, sad, pathetic little politician. It really is true. It's aligned himself with Trump because Trump is popular in Israel. It's it's really unbelievable to me that um, 
And it really, it really actually kind of offends me that people, like, anytime I'll mention to someone, to someone who does support Trump, that I don't like Trump, they look at me as if I'm a spokesperson for all the Jewish people, right. uh, saying, "Well, he's good for Israel." And I'm like, "Well, maybe he's supportive of Israel. I wouldn't say he's good for Israel, because I think uh, uh, Israel. I think the things he's done, like moving the the um, embassy to Jerusalem, and and um, and the this sort of behavior with with uh, Netanyahu." I and and Netanyahu's policies also I don't think are in the best interest of Israel. No. The, so so to say that he supports Israel it's like well he supports Netanyahu. He supports Netanyahu. Yeah. Netanyahu is not Israel. Now I right. you know he's he's won elections and a lot of the time his policies are popular but Netanyahu is a government. Just like Trump is a government. And if people say that Trump is a shit-eating fuckface, it doesn't mean they're anti-American. It means that our leader is a shit-eating fuckface. And that can happen in any country, as it has happened in Israel, who he is also a shit-eating fuckface, in my opinion. David, and it's based on his policies. David, stop stop saying shit-eating fuckface. Oh, we're going to get filtered from... Yeah, stop, stop saying... It's just, not, it's just not nice to say shit-eating fuckface. Well, well, if you feel it, it's it's true to say it. I understand. Okay, so on. from here on out, I'm just going to say S-E-F-F, and you'll all know what I'm talking right, about. Right, we'll make hats. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I think it's it's perfectly reasonable to have disdain for a government and leadership of a country. Um, yeah, I totally agree with you, but who will ever know? <laughs> It's like Netanyahu could win elections uh, if if he shot somebody on Tel Aviv Avenue. Just, I just couldn't right, come up. No, with I get that. Yeah, no, right. And he there's going to be an election next month, which he had to call because he couldn't form a government from his last election earlier this year. Um, he's weak. There's an investigation. There could be an indictment. Uh, criminal indictment against him for being a corrupt mother, S-E-F-F. Um, but he also could win the election. I mean, he's got a percentage point or two ahead of the Gantz party, I think, or Gantz is uh, maybe the, you know, the, the party's leader. Um, so, I mean, the point is, even in Israel, they don't have a strong left they don't have a strong peace movement um uh, so yeah but what do you think what do you think of netanyahu saying to a u.s congressperson uh you know you're not welcome here well i mean it's not good they did apparently a couple years ago pass a law something very specific about people promoting the the boycott um against Israel, you know, that was like, would give them cover to, to block people. But they didn't do that because the law exists. They did it because Trump uh, tweeted at them. So Netanyahu looks weak and pathetic for changing his government's policies because Trump tweeted and then reversing it when... You know, um, 
is it Talib? I think it's Talib who has uh, her aunt in, in Palestinian the right. Directors. I mean, it's all it's all just. What I mean, what can you say? <laughs> even even strong supporters of Israel, including APAC, uh, you know, thought uh, that was bad, bad move. Um, but then you know you listen to Bill Maher, who doesn't doesn't have an, uh, a Muslim issue that he likes. He's he's an Islamophobe. Um, he can't. He wouldn't admit that. And he'll say, "I'm just calling things as I see them." But um, so you know, he thinks the BDS movement is sourced in you know terrorist. Uh, drive the Jews into the, the sea kind of Well, ideology. it is a pretty one-sided you are kind of taking a, a, a you are taking one side if you support yeah. that yeah. You, you are really saying that, you know, and, and it's to as, as, a, as a policy of the United States to, to make that policy or to advocate for that policy <clears throat> from a congressional seat, I think is a little mm-hmm. irresponsible because you are you're you're taking one side, and the whole point is to not do that. The whole point well, is to be a an honest broker, so well, that you no, can make a deal. That. Well, I mean, but I mean, would that the America as a broker in the peace process had ever been an honest broker, which it has never been, um, but historically. Under H.W. Bush and Clinton and W. and Obama, it's been much more capable of slowly giving a little more credence to Palestinian perspectives on it. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I get it. Maybe a, a congresswoman should be talking about America's policy, not a personal policy towards boycott and divesting. That's kind of an college activist kind of approach. But I would be surprised if we didn't find Congress people back in the 80s who supported the divestment movement in South Africa. Um, Slightly different situation. I, I suppose from your perspective it is, and I'm not saying that the, the Israeli government has the same level of horrificness in how they control the movements of people as as happened in South Africa um, or control the resources um, but you know if it's not it's not it's one that uses as as the South Africans did the claim of terrorist threat to clamp down in ways that are not clearly not democratic um I that's that's my view and certainly that's where I tend to fall as much as I also understand that Hamas does not have the right to be lobbing missiles from the Gaza Strip um so you know I'm not necessarily a supporter of boycott divest but I don't think it should be uh, it doesn't make um Talib and Omar and anybody else who supports it anti-semites Right, they actually just come. With doesn't a, mean it does. It doesn't mean they're not, but it doesn't make them anti-Semites. That's right. Okay, 
And and again, I think people want to assume because we have a assertive and sometimes passionate uh, woman whose head is covered in Ilan Omar, who doesn't like Israel because she has a perspective as a Muslim. And that's not an uncommon perspective. And we can't dismiss it merely because, well, she looks different than other people. But I think we do. I think we say, well, she's Muslim and she looks angry and I don't like her. So she must be an anti-Semite. Um, she said some things that, you know, cross into it. Um, so I, I will, you know, hold her responsible for being careful as she goes forward. But she has the right <laughs> to not trust Israel's policy toward the Palestinians, in my opinion. So uh, who do you think is going to make it to the World Series this year? Um, the People's Front of of Palestine. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to be Dodgers Yankees. I think that's going to be awesome. Uh, if if we can beat uh, the Braves. Yeah, we well even if we can't beat the Braves, I still think. Well, oh, although they they are the lead in the National League, so I guess at some point we do have to beat them. I guess, and how's that panning out? Who's who's facing who? I don't know yet. Well, we're not in the playoffs yet, but the Braves are leading the National League East by five and a half games. Um, I hear you typing. You can't hide that from me. Yes. I'm trying to find out which baseball divisions who's going to play the wild card who's going to play we have the best record right so that means we play the wild card um yes well and as the yankees would be expected to play the wild card in the american league yes but and, we don't know who i mean you know the even the wild card i mean it, it could be the cardinals it could be the cubs those are both pretty good teams <laughs> so uh yeah, the Cardinals. That's they. They are a, a thorn in the Dodgers. Although it could be the season. could be the Nationals. Nationals are good too. Yeah. Shout out to Jennifer Klein. Who I mean, right now, I guess if it were today, if 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 this were to happen today, it would be the Nationals. I guess, yeah, because their record is better. So, have we been talking for an hour? Uh, Forty-two minutes. Well, you know. 42 minutes. People can stand hearing us blab for 42 minutes. All right. Should we wrap it up? 44? Sure. All right. First of all, let's, who's going to win the World Series? Oh, the Yankees. <laughs> <laughs> Why should we expect the Dodgers? I think, I think, I think the, yeah, I think the, uh, I think the Dodgers, uh, I think we're, we are, uh, we are cursed to always be a bridesmaid and never a bride <laughs> exactly oh my god it's been so long we we just can't even imagine i mean we've been there thing. we've been there two years in a row yeah weren't able to do it it's although it's cr- this is maybe the best dodger team ever of my lifetime i think i think it's pretty impressive this year yeah. so uh, yeah. uh you know yep <sighs> And that and a $2 and a Metro card. And Do you know there are no Metro card discounts for college students? 
I think I knew that. Yeah. Wouldn't you think that that would be something that this that the city might want to support is the the college student population? Of yeah. Their- well, you can get a monthly card, and it's a pretty good all you can drive. Well, but I don't think actually. I, don't, I think that'd be too much. I, don't, I mean, it's it's like a hundred bucks a month uh-huh. for an unlimited card, and it's like that's an awful lot of rides. Is it? Well, it's what three bucks now. Is it? Jeez, is it I three think bucks? Metro card. New York subway cost. Two seventy five. Two seventy five. Okay. Um. Well, that's the yeah. Yeah. So two seventy five. So if you go do a one round trip a day. Five fifty right, times. Five fifty times twenty. Some say days, twenty. It's a hundred bucks. So, okay. but I, but, and college students, I don't know that they're doing that. I think they're mostly staying on their campuses or in their local areas. Mm-hmm. So, uh, mm-hmm. but still, you'd think they'd give them something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I think we'll wrap this up. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, sorry we went so, uh, we had such a big gap there, but uh, David was busy. Uh, t- entirely not my fault. Entirely David's fault. Yes, that's right. And uh, and uh, now uh, he's done with that. So uh, so we're back. So and we'll uh, see you keep, next year. Keep 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 checking in and uh, and um, one of these days maybe we'll actually do one of these that's entertaining. I don't know about that. I mean, we probably shouldn't promise. Yeah, that it. Well, we'll 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 do one that doesn't make you want to hurl. Maybe we can do one of video, so we'll really engage the people with our facial expressions. Mm. 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 Certainly not while they're eating. Mm. Okay. Uh, Have a good week, everybody. Bye, everybody.